This is the Kratom Science Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Gallagher, blog and social media writer for KratomScience.com, your source for all things Kratom. Misty Brown was diagnosed with degenerative disc disease in 2008, which led to an 11-year addiction to opiate painkillers. After being fired from pain management and detoxing, Misty watched the Netflix documentary A Leaf of Faith, which she says changed her life. She found that Kratom helped her live with chronic pain from DDD. Misty is now captain of her district for the National Advocacy Council for the American Kratom Association. She also admins the Kratom Advocacy Group, TSOL Advocacy, on Facebook. This is Misty Brown, and this is her Kratom story. Yeah, no, thanks for thanks for uh, doing this. Um, you're welcome, dude. So yeah, you're. I like, like your Facebook group. It's pretty cool. Thank you. It's good. Shout out to TSOL Advocacy. Yeah, what what does TSOL stand for, anyways? The Sons of Liberty. Uh, well, the dude that created the group, Mike Dirks Jr. Yeah. Um, we were me and him. I was just like two months into my kratom journey, and we were bouncing ideas yeah. around in another group. Mm. So, you know, because I have this idea that I would like to have a kratom con, like a comic con, you know, where Definitely. everybody gets to meet up. That would so, be cool. You know, and then the next hell yeah, dude. Yeah. So then the next day, I woke up and I was admin and TSO advocacy. <laughs> That's awesome. So you're from Colorado. I was born and raised in Tennessee, so I'm a transplant to Colorado. Yeah, we moved out here in 94. Uh, What part of Colorado is it? I'm right by Denver. I'm in a suburb of Denver. Oh, okay. So, Kratom is illegal in Denver. Is is that right? In Denver County. In Denver County. Do you live in Denver County? Uh Uh-uh. I live right next door to Adams County, so I'm good. Yeah, that's... but either way, I want it to be. I want kratom to be legal every fucking where. Oh, Everybody yeah. needs to have the option to take kratom. Absolutely, and it, it's kind of weird than in Denver because weed's legal there. I went to, we went to spend the weekend in Denver for my fortieth birthday mm-hmm. just so I could smoke <laughs> weed legally for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Dang, and Denver, dude. and you could smell weed everywhere. I'm like, whoa, this is everywhere. Like, it's like a freaking Grateful Dead concert out here. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we have to fight for our right. It's, you know, Kratom, I, I view Kratom, you know, the same as the weed category, mm-hmm. where I wasn't, you know, I voted yes to legalize weed. So I've been smoking weed damn near every day since 2011. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I didn't grow up doing it like like you said you were doing. But so I got to ask you, dude, so when you got at, when you came out here and got high, it was a total different experience from before, right? Because you didn't have that that paranoid looking over your shoulder feeling. Yeah, really. It was like, wow, I'm allowed to do this. That, it's weird that Kratom is illegal in Denver. Uh, so you, you're involved in, um, did you, you signed up for the uh, AKA National Advocacy Council? I sure did, dude. I sure as hell did. Yep. So I'm chair or co-chair for Colorado. So I, I believe I'm in District 1 or District 7. I'm not quite, quite sure because the list isn't finalized. I am trying to wake everybody up. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, when I used to work at the post office, our safety meetings used to tell us complacency will get you killed. So, you know, I don't know what happened in the Kratom 
world before I came in last year. I'm kind of fuzzy on that. You know, other than, (laughs) yeah, I mean, other than what I've read and, you know, hear other people's stories about how, you know, what happened in 2016 and 17 and all that. Yeah. I was too pilled up then. I didn't even know about Kratom. So how's the uh, advocacy council work? I I mean, I, I just signed up. Uh, yesterday, and I don't know why I didn't do it right away, but um, for Pittsburgh, um, it's, it's okay. like the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, that's my district, and I don't know. I I got uh, the you know automatic thing back. So how's it? How's it work? Okay, what how it's gonna work is um, this is where I can say that this is what I've been doing before. You know, Robin Graham and all them found me in my group. It's whenever articles come out about kratom. You know, I will holler for the group to go and sprinkle their kratom kindness, is what I like to say. You know, tell your story. Tell your testimony. Anytime anything comes up negative about kratom, you know, we band all together and we start throwing them science and throwing them our testimonies. So what happened? So with this council that's going on is they created this. So that everybody is involved inside their own state. And the congressional district captain is the point person who will talk to the legislators. Us us chairs and co-chairs, we just give them the, the fire, the ammo to go talk with the legislators with. Yeah. Like the testimonies and the science and just all that. Yeah. So it's pretty much the sending emails in. You know, make the phone calls if you have to. The world's opening back up, so maybe face to face is coming on. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But well, so that's great. you know, we're preparing. Yeah. We we need to start preparing for our defense now, when because the federal Creating Consumer Protection Act is going to roll out in some in like a couple weeks here. It's only a couple weeks. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. So we you know we got to prepare for all that bullshit backlash is going to hit our way. I was going to say, so I'm guessing this is what they had to deal with back in 2016 when the DEA, you know, did all that bullshit in the FDA. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. So you were diagnosed with degenerative disc disease in 2008. I'm going from your article. And um, right. what what is degenerative disc disease and what's it like to go through? Well, DDD is when you're the cushion things in the spine. I forgot what they're called right now. <laughs> but um, it's when those start ru- yeah, they start rubbing away. So pretty soon, you know, it can become bon- bone on bone. So it's more like like arthritis in the back kind of. Yeah. So because I always, always, it feels like when I'm not on Kratom, when I wasn't on the pills, it feels like someone's sticking their knuckle in my lower part of my spine Ugh. and that feeling just stays there Ugh. yeah <clears throat> that's what it feels like yeah that's not good but it's you know i just i i never started off addicted on all these pills you know when i got the ddd diagnosis i was sent to a shit ton of pain management clinics and man dude i was getting pills thrown my way left and right so, so this is like 2008 it wasn't until yeah, 2008, 2009. Yeah. 2009 was when I slid into the addiction part. 
And so, like, with a condition like degenerative disc disease, you, you pretty much have chronic pain. It's not going to go away. Is that right? Right. Or... It, it will never go away. Yep. They say I got the spine of an 80-year-old woman right now. Uh, you know, and it, you know, and I never got the back surgery. I will still refuse to get the back surgery done. Fuck all that. You know, Kratom helps me stay manageable. Yeah. Pain-free, you know, clear, clean, focused, energetic, manageable pain. You know what I mean? You, you say you started on um, prescription pain medication right away? Mm-hmm. Right away. Okay. And so how long was it before you became, like, addicted to it and it became a problem? It was a good year Yeah. into it because, you know, before I could just do like the direction said, you know, just take one, whatever, whatever, how many hours, you know, because at that time I was still working at the post office. But it wasn't until, you know, I, I wound up losing my house because of that recession in 2008. Mm. So I had a lot of things hitting me all at once. You know, and so yeah. that depression set in, yeah. you know, and I just, I, I knew how to manipulate the pills to get to where the feeling I wanted to get to. So, but it didn't take full control of me until after 2008, I mean, 2009. And so how, how long, how long did that last before you got off the pills? 11 years. Yeah. Yep. So from 2008, I started 2008, but full addiction didn't come in until 2009. Mm -hmm. And so from 2009 till last year, last April, you know? Yeah. So about 10, 11 years, 10 years, somewhere around there. Yeah. And you said at one point you were kicked out of your pain management clinic. So how does that work? I got work? fired. Yep. Now, what does that mean, That's fired? Because I've heard that before. When you go into a pain management clinic, yeah. this was new to me because back then, um, I didn't have to sign pain contracts, you know, from 2009 to 2017. Okay. I, I had the same doctor that prescribed me, you know, my medications. And then because my, you know, my addiction took a hold of me, I was able to go from different pain management clinics and pay cash and, you know, get that shit done. But what happened was my doctor retired in 2017. So I had to find a pain management doctor. So I did. Yeah. I quit smoking weed for a year because you're not allowed to be on weed to get pills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they called me in for a pill count in April of last year. And I knew I was 11 pills short, dude. I couldn't find a hookup that had any of them. So I just didn't show up. So they sent me a letter saying I was fired. So during that meantime, I was contemplating on calling you know and make another appointment somewhere but my kid's father came out here and because my second daughter graduated high school so he was able to occupy my mind but i swear to you once we dropped him off at the airport that night i was going to call doctors to make appointments but i wound up watching leaf of faith and that's what changed my life that was a great movie because i think that came out on netflix right after I was hired, or right before I was hired to Kratom Science, and I watched it, and it's such a great, simple introduction, and I'm trying to it get is. everybody I know to watch it, because it's 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 really good. It's a really good movie, isn't it? It's awesome. Yes, it is. And yeah. I, shit, I think we need another documentary. Yes. That's what I think. I mean, uh, you know, Drew Turner, who was in that movie, uh -huh. he, he was working on one where he was going to, uh, you know, try to go to Southeast Asia and, you know, interview farmers and all that shit and more, tr like, uh, 
what's Hamilton's Pharmacopia did that. Did you right, ever see yeah. that one on YouTube? He, I, he, dude, yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm, of course. I was going to say, I saw it in 2017, yeah. but I was high on my pills. So yeah. when I was watching that episode, I was like, yeah, the fuck right. Y'all fucking stupid. That shit don't work like that. Really? I know. So I just. <laughs> <laughs> I was so I like that too. I threw it back in my mind. Yeah. I threw it back in my mind until, you know, I watched it, watched uh, Leaf of Faith. Back yeah. June. So you said something. I'm going to go back a little bit. And you said something about a pain management contract. What What is oh, that even? That's where you, you got to go in and pretty much sign your life away to them. In order for you, you got to take drug tests. Yeah. You got it. Every time you go to your doctor's appointment, you know, they pull up your prescription record and they pull up your, well, your, I think it's called DEA record, but um, you're not allowed to have any other, you know, illegal drugs in your system. Not even weed, dude. Not even fucking weed. And it's, you know, legal out here. I was so mad about that, but I was so hooked on those pills that I quit smoking yeah, weed. Yeah, yeah. And but, so that, um, that, that's what happened after 2017, you said? Yeah. So that was the yep. newer, that was like the response to the opioid crisis thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. because the pills went, the pills went from being able to be prescribed 120 milligrams a day. It, it, during that time that where I had to find that new doctor, it went down to 90 milligrams a yeah. day. So my pills had already were, got cut back or like a lot. But I, you know, I had on it. And then I also, dude, I also got wrapped up in that world of selling them. You know, I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going to ask you that next because it, it happens with most people, especially if they're trying to taper down, then you sell the rest of them. You, you said you went through a month's worth in two weeks. So mm -hmm. that means, you know, mm -hmm. you, you're still addicted. So you're going to get them some other yes. way. And that's just yep. a fact of life. So Yes, yep, because, you know, I did. I got, for many, many years, I was wrapped up in selling my pills. And then I'd fucking run out of my own that I had stashed for myself, and I'd wind up using that money I got for those pills to go buy some more pills. Makes no goddamn sense now, but back then it did to me. So, okay, you said, you, okay, you got kicked out of pain management or fired, <laughs> which mm -hmm. so sounds like it's a job and you get fired from I'm still, like... Trying to wrap my head around that terminology, but because you're yeah, because the doctor in that pain yeah. contract, the doc it says that they're allowed to call you at any you know point in time of the month for you to come in and get your pills counted. Yeah, and that was my first time after being with them for like a year and some months that they called me in for a pill count, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> uh, but shit. Yeah, I have even thought about. I've even thought about sending that doctor an email and thanking her for firing me. So you, did you completely detox before you discovered Kratom? From, okay, so I didn't swallow any more pain pills from May of last year, but okay. I did start doing Coke. So from, from May until I found Kratom in June, you know, I was clean from the pills, but I wasn't, I was still doing, you know, cocaine. <laughs> you know, I've never been to any recovery meetings yeah. or any type of rehab or nothing. So what I've learned, been, been learning these past 11 months is to just be motherfucking truthful about any and everything. And you and that way you can work on what you fucked up doing back in, back in the day. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So when you detox, I mean, did you just go cold Turkey or did you like taper off and do 
suboxone no, or anything. Yeah. Uh, I've never done sub. Yeah. So, but me quitting the cold turkey was what I was doing anyway every month for damn near, you know, 10 years. Because like I said, my pills never lasted me a full month, either if I sold them or not. I mean, detoxing was just kind of like what came naturally. But what was, I was still craving them though. I did yeah. start smoking weed again after I got fired from that clinic. Mm-hmm. But I was still craving those pills, dude. I mean, I mean, okay, I never like sucked dick for drugs okay but i don't know if my mindset at that time maybe i would have if one was presented in front of me <laughs> if a dick just like flew I mean, in from the window and, and there was like a coin above it like on super mario brothers yeah. oh my god <laughs> <Or a dude. laughs> I, well hey you don't i mean you don't know i mean i swear to god i was flirting with the idea of heroin so <laughs> But I did, I did the white, the white girl, you know, I did the coke. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, this might be the funniest podcast. So you know, so when those dick, dumbasses yeah. tell me that I traded one addiction for another, you know, if if motherfuckers want to come at me like that, then fine. So the fuck, what if I did? I am clean. I am sober. I can wake up and not fucking stress out about where I'm going to get my next fucking fix. You yeah. know, even when I run out of Kratom, dude, I don't stress. And so when you when you first started doing Kratom, were, I mean, were, did you still have the craving for the opiates, opiate pills? No, that, that's immediately what I noticed when I took my, took my first dose of Kratom. Yeah. Was, you know, about, about four, five-ish hours later, I was like, holy shit, I'm not even thinking about who to call or, you know where I could maybe score some. Yeah. So that was the first major thing I noticed was yeah. the, the, the cravings just like stop. Yeah. I, I hear then, that. Yeah. I, I hear that from so mm-hmm. many people. I don't crave Coke. I don't, I don't crave alcohol. The only thing I crave is water. <laughs> you got to stay <laughs> hydrated when you're on a Kratom, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the side effects, right? You, you got to drink a yeah. lot of water. Or you'll get constipated. That's yeah. what I hear a lot from people, right? Just in my opinion, in general, for being on Kratom every day for 11 months, staying hydrated will take care of most of the negative side effects from Kratom. When I watched Leaf of Faith, the next thing I did was Google Kratom. Yeah. And so I started reading and reading and reading. And then I joined a couple of Kratom support groups. And I just kept reading and reading and reading before I even commented or liked anybody's stuff. Marijuana, uh, kratom and marijuana are tools I need for sobriety. That was your in your article. And, yes. I mean, we mm-hmm. just addressed this, but like, yeah, some people would say that these are other substances and you're trading one for addiction for another. And my question was, what would you say to them? And you already said it, but it's like, it's it's that's what I try to tell people is kratom is a tool to get you sober. And substances as a tool to get you sober is kind of a new concept in people's minds. So what what would you say to that? Well, like I said, when people say, you know, I'm not sober because I traded one addiction for the other, I say it's my safer alternative. Yeah. It's my route to my sobriety. Like I said, I, I wake up every day. I take three teaspoons of Kratom mixed with OJ, turmeric, and pepper, slam that shit, and I'm good to confront the day. I yeah. ain't got to worry about 
you know, like I said, where I ain't got to worry about where did I hide my that last pill or who can I call to get some, you know, none of that. It's unbelievable how much stress gets lifted away when you take Kratom. I do not neglect any of my, you know, daily responsibilities. I got three damn kids. You know what I mean? Yes. I put my kids through a lot the past 11 years. Yeah. So, you know, I can't rewind time and make up for what I did. But what I can do is promise you I will not do again. That's how confident I am with Kratom. I always say Kratom and weed are my husband. <laughs> I refuse to not, I refuse to not spell Kratom. I will always spell Kratom with a capital K and weed with a capital W. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And you said you, you do three teaspoons in the morning. Is that how mm-hmm. much you do on an average day? Yeah, dude. I, when I first started, I was doing Kratom four times a day. You were still getting off the opiates, right? You don't realize, and then you you got to deal with that pause, that that pause mm-hmm. stuff that happens after you quit taking. Yeah. Um, I think I'm, you know, really good now. But when I first started, I did kratom four times a day, and then after about four months, it went down to three times, and then I went down to two, and then I kept forgetting my second dose. I will not dose after six p.m. Yeah. So I kept forgetting my second dose, and I was like, Misty, just fuck it. <laughs> Just yeah. take it once a day. So that's what I've been doing the past three months. I'm starting to learn about how people get off it with the opiates by just going through tons of comments and interviewing people. It's like once you're once you're uh, getting off of the opiates, you try to taper down from them as much as possible. Like I wouldn't say start taking a ton of kratom if you're taking oh, a I ton know. of Tapering pills a is day. Always the best. Yeah, and it's just like you got to you got to commit to get off to get off of it. Like with anything. And, uh, but Kratom will help you stay off, I think. Is it, do you think that's right? Yes. Dude, I need to get, I need to go and get dental implants done, right? Yeah. I keep putting it off because I am so scared that I'm going to need those pills. So I finally told myself, I'm just not going to tell the dentist that I'm not going to have the dentist write one up just in case. I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to do, you know... I mean, that, that's my goal right now is to get the dental implants done. But like I said, I've been putting it off for months and months because I'm scared to swallow a pill. <laughs> yeah. But I don't crave it. So, you know, but I've, I've, I've had dental pain or dental work done a lot in the past. So I know how much pain I'm going to be in. Do you think if you take like high doses of Kratom, it'll, it'll help with that? And then you can. Well, I've been, I've been uh, directed to take Red Horn to do that. Because I've read a couple people's dental implant testimonies, you know, in the Kratom community. And, you know, a couple of them used Red Horn. I'm a green melee freak. That's my shit right there. So, you know, who knows? Maybe the green melee will just take care of the dental pain since it takes care of my back pain and my hip pain. But no, but no, when I found Kratom, that I gave up all those people, all those connections. Yeah. You know, I quit selling them a year before. You know, and it and it's so easy to get sucked back in, sucked back. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just I gave up that world. I started posting publicly on my account, so I know they're seeing my shit. You know, I I'm waiting for people to come to me because you can't make an addict get clean. I never admitted I was an addict to nobody. My kids could see it, my family could see it, my friends could see it. I never said it. 
Every time I went to my doctor's appointment, they would ask you, are you addicted or dependent? I would say, I'm dependent. I would never say I was addicted. I lived that double life. Yeah. You know, you go to the doctors and, and you're all, you know, fucking mother of the month, your PTA bitch, you know, trying to get your, all you're doing is trying to get your pills, but you're bitching about people like myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're not even, you're just not true to yourself at all. Uh, you, I know you have, you've had withdrawals from opiates and when you stop using Kratom or you run out or forget to buy it, do you have withdrawals from Kratom and are they anything comparable than to withdrawals from opiates? Okay, in my experience, hell, fuck, no. It is not the same withdrawal experience. No, it is not. But you're just a little more sluggish. It, you know, it's like you don't fucking, like if you're addicted to coffee and you don't, and you don't drink your coffee for like three days. Yeah. You know, that's, that's how I like to say it. But hell, no. It is not nothing like opiate withdrawal. Nope. In my experience, though, so... So what's what is opiate withdrawal like? Oh God, dude! <laughs> I always describe it as ass madness. I mean, you got the diarrhea for three to five days. You got ass you want to puke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got the bubble gut, dude, and you hate the world. You don't want nobody talking to you. You fucking curl up in a box and don't take a shower for weeks. <laughs> that's my experience <laughs> but yeah dude I always I always called that ass madness man you could not trust a fart when you're in opiate withdrawal <laughs> no, no way do not fart unless you're on a toilet do not <laughs> exactly Woo, I don't miss them days I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shape myself into anybody I'm going to continue doing what the fuck I'm doing because I know, and dude, I know this for a fact because I'm reaching so many people. And the way yeah. you know that is you get those messages and, you know, those inbox messages. So how do you, how do you take Kratom? Is it like toss and wash or do you make teas out of it? Capsules? I mix my Kratom in OJ, black pepper, and turmeric. I slam it. Got an OJ chaser. How much do OJ mean? do you use? Like, do you use like a tablespoon? Oh God! Or? You only want to put like you only want to put like a like a little bit of OJ in there. You just want to get that stuff, you know, not sludgy, but you want to get it, you know, diluted enough to swallow that crap so fast. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and then oh, you got to make sure you got that chaser, dude, because whoo, ooh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I don't prefer doing toss and washers, but I've done them before. That's how I I did my very first video was doing my first, my toss and wash. Okay. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm coming out of my shell. You know what I mean? So I started fucking around with Snapchat filters in my group. So, and then, you know, when you notice other people doing it, dude, it's so amazing. That's the feelings I've become addicted to. Yeah. I'm not addicted to my next Kratom dose. I'm addicted to making people feel good and happy. Yeah. That's what Kratom makes me feel. How long right. did it take you to learn how to incorporated um i would say about a month i always say allow kratom to make love to you that's all you gotta do respect the plant allow kratom to make love to your ass <laughs> it really is your husband isn't it yeah dude 
<laughs> I mean, I've been in total self-care, self-love for these past 11 months. So, I mean, I know I'll meet, you know, my sober man, my sober husband pretty soon. Maybe, you know, one day. But as of right now, it's just all me. I turned 41 last week. It felt so good to be sober on my very first birthday. You know what I mean? Oh, my yeah. first sober birthday. That's great. That's fucking great. You say, you have epilepsy too, is that right? I do. Mm-hmm. do I have you... what they called um, stress-induced epilepsy. Okay. So the, I, I was diagnosed with epilepsy before I was prescribed any pills. So, and then I would have a seizure like once a year up until 2012. And then I started smoking weed every day from 2011, you know, on, and I stayed on my Keppra, my anti-seizure medication. So, but I have not been triggered by Kratom to have a seizure. You know, I know I've read that a couple times these past couple days or read an article, some shit about it. So, you know, I, I didn't, I, I don't know if it's because, you know, it's my weed take or my weed usage. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, my Keppra is the only medication that, you know, I'm not willing to get off of. Not yeah. yet, at least. But it doesn't make me high or anything. It's just making whatever was fucking brain farting in my head to level it out. So, like, Maybe. CBD doesn't doesn't work for that? or Oh, it does. CBD does. Yeah. But I'm not, okay. I'm more of the weed girl. I'm not really more into the, the CBD stuff. You know, that's a whole yeah. other learning. Because I'm wondering, like, my buddy has epilepsy, and he's a weed smoker, too. And, and they developed this drug, like, the big farmer developed a Pidiolux. And, I, you know, I looked it up, $13,000 a year for the average patient. Meanwhile, all of oh, it is a CBD with a fancy name that has gone through the FDA $10 million, 10-year uh -huh. process. And meanwhile... Uh -huh. If you get good quality CBD, and there's, it's kind of like the Kratom market. Like, like there's tons of shitty right. CBD out there, and there's tons of stuff yep. called Kratom that's like a bunch of dead leaves somebody raked out of their yard. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, that's the thing. I was going to ask you if you know about a pity Lux and CBD, but... I, I've never even heard of that drug. I've never heard of that. Yeah, that is, it's like Marinol is legal THC and has been legal forever, but that's that's the THC that went through the process. Right. Which is, they're trying to do with Kratom. They're do you trying ever to wonder like, if, they're, if, if, do you ever wonder if Kratom is going to go that route? They're going to definitely I, I mean, try to do, do it. Sit back and, yeah, I mean, I kind of wonder if it's already in the work, but I don't know. Yeah, because I I'm mean, not that experienced in the Kratom world yet. University of Florida, the NIDA mm -hmm. made a $6 million grant mm -hmm. to them. And that doctor down there, McCurdy, is great. He's great mm -hmm. for Kratom science, and he's probably the best Kratom scientist in the world. And But the thing that he, the system he has to be involved in is, luckily he got a government grant and not a pharmaceutical company grant to study it. And he even says, well, here's how it works. The only way it'll work is it can help people if it's turned into a drug. But what we want is for it to, because it's already safe in its natural form. And it's already exactly. pretty self-limiting because it's alcohol tastes great to me. I'll drink it all day. <laughs> but Kratom <laughs> is like, if I, I would never do too much of that because it tastes, even the tea tastes like pond water. I mean, it's like gross. 
are there any groups trying to make it illegal? Do you ever see any negative news out there? Not yet. Okay, That's what good. we're preparing for, you know, because like I said, the federal KCPA is going to roll out in some, uh, some week. I don't know the exact date, but it's going to be in a couple weeks. That's what I'm saying. You know, we stand guard. Yeah. You know, that's what I try to preach. That's why I kept saying, you know, I like to tell people, you know, wake up. And I'm not being a bitch about it. You know, just however y'all was fighting before, you know, bring it back. I'm trying to be everybody's match to their flame. I, I look for opportunities for people to come together to work on a political issue we all agree with despite who you vote for or which, who gives a shit anyways. Oh, yeah. This is the only political I will get involved with. I'm not doing that Republican-Democrat crap. Yeah. Fuck that. You know, I didn't know about the Kratom legality when I first started. So, you know, it, it feels amazing to be able to be, you know, to have our own group about it. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm free to to word however I want to word my post. Hell yeah. And they they know how to get the job done, too. Like, they're getting results. Because if you can donate, if you can't, your motherfucking voice is free. You know, hoot and holler like I am right now. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in my own little slice of world in TESO advocacy, but, you know, it is, I'm seeing the results from that, too. I can say, I can say that. (laughs) So instead of me being a freaking single white mom that's a fucking zombie on drugs now i'm a thriving surviving mother you know single mother yeah and i know other people can do the same fucking thing i swear to god dude i tell people if i can do this y'all can do this it'd be so tight to have like kratom clinics in in downtown free fucking kratom clinics you know advocates go there you know spit their knowledge we get the doctors on board and nurses. I mean, we got we got nurses already. I mean, I don't know quite any doctor doctors that are slamming kratom, but I know we got I got some nurses in my group that do. So yeah, definitely. We've heard from nurses on our webpage too. It's like you know it'd be tight to get a I don't know maybe a government grant, open up free kratom clinics, help out the homeless, you know, help them get back on track. Yeah. It's just a matter of time before you plan it, implement it, get everybody involved and stuff like that. I think this advisory council is a good start to have mm-hmm. a network of people who are willing to go Hell out yeah, and dude. do the work and go meet your oh, representatives man, and me. say, hey. Trust me, dude, it felt so good when they, you know, when they asked me. I was like, oh, my God, I got into uh, AK. <laughs> Thank you, Misty Brown. I'm sure we'll be hearing more from Misty in the future. Uh, the music is Risey. The song is Memories of Thailand. The Kratom Science Podcast is written and produced by me, Brian Gallagher, for KratomScience.com. Take care. <laughs>